0: This is Bless You Boys Podcast 106, recorded Saturday, April 5th, 2014. Dave Clark is glad all over. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Welcome to the Bless You Boys podcast. We're the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com. SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog gets together to kick around the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball. And amazingly enough, we have everybody this week for the first time and, well, I can't even remember. First off, I'm your host, uh, blogger, wrangler, uh, producer, whatever you want to call me, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys as well, Al Beaton. Joining me this week, we have the return of Hookslide, and we're not going to tell tell you how he became available. But we're happy he's available. How are you doing, a Baseballs back, <laughs> baseballs back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: I'm great. How are you guys?
0: We're hanging in there. And of course, we also have uh, the curmudgeon of the group, the king of the UP, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys, a columnist for the Detroit News, and a grand poobah at SB Nation, Kurt Menching. How's things, Kurt?
2: I am not going to sing. There's too much snow. Still? Still? We just <laughs> got a foot yesterday.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to move, dude. It's time.
2: I spend time. I am so <laughs> out of here. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, well, Kurt's packing. Let's give you um, a little bit of information about the podcast. We'll talk a little Tigers. Uh, you want to contact us, you can please email us at bybtigers at gmail.com, podcast at com. We're on the Twitters, at Bless You Boys, and we're also on Facebook, facebook.com, slash byb.tigers. It's easier just to search for Bless You Boys in Facebook and then like us, and then you can see everything in your newsfeed. All right. Um, I think Kurt's done packing, so I think we can talk a little Tigers. I hear it, there's only one undefeated team in baseball as of this weekend. By the way, we're recording this before Saturday afternoon's game, April 5th.
2: And which team is that, Al?
0: Who would that happen to be, Hook Slide? That's the Astros, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. You've been out of the loop as of late. Actually, it would be the Detroit Tigers. That's three and they're the only team with a lot of loss as we head into this weekend. 162 and O is still on the table. Is that possible, Hookslide? The bigger question is, would it even matter? <laughs> I, I was
1: thinking about this last night, permitting myself to dream a little bit and going, "Wow, wouldn't it be great if they if they did what the '84 Tigers did and went nine and zero to start the season?" And then I thought, you know, even if they did go 162 and zero, which they're not going to, but even if they did, do you realize that that wouldn't change anything? No. In terms of, you know, they still have to go through the playoffs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they automatically end the season, you know, for a team that says, oh, 162 and oh, okay, well, that's it. Give them the statue and let them go home.
0: Yeah, ask Mariners fans about how they feel about their ridiculous regular season of a little over a decade ago. Well, it was a decade and a half ago now, so. What the, when the, when, what, how, didn't the Mariners win like 110, 116 games, something ridiculous like that? And then got knocked out in the first round, so it happens. Kurt is 35-5. and five. Is it going to happen?
2: No. <laughs>
0: it's a buzzkill.
2: <laughs> Sorry. As long as they finish 11-0, and 0, that's what counts.
0: If you say so. Or, and if
2: they, hey, I don't care if they finish 11-8. and eight, as I was going to say, yeah, as long
0: as they get those 11 wins. Uh, yes,
2: yeah, so that's really 11 is the key word here. Uh, nothing else matters once we get to the playoffs.
0: Uh, well, speaking of wins, the Tigers' first two wins of the year were of the walk-off variety, uh, and that's—I uh, don't know if it, it points to the, to the baseball gods or baseball luck or just being due—but it was a big difference compared to last season when it seemed like the Tigers struggled in the late innings for a good part of the year, and they really never did seem to get the extra inning monkey off their back. I believe they're under 500, so. Uh, What's to account for this, Kurt? Again, is this just luck?
2: Generally, yes. Yeah. I mean, statistically, yes. You know, but of course you can say, well, you know, throw your statistics, and you can go, well, you know, you, you got a runner on base, you, you advanced him to second, you you know, smart, smart execution at the plate, and you score a run when it counts. I mean, and, and yes, that is completely true. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, it, it was good moves by offsmith and, and good timing by the players. So, you know, yeah, there it, it's nice, but over the course of the season, it's not going to happen quite so easily.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, Hookslide. That uh, after a few wins like this, people start to get expecting it, and they expect it to continue. When uh, it's very rare when you see a, a team being able to put these things, uh, pull these things off. Uh, look at the Orioles about three years ago, where they had a ridiculous late um, late game record, and I think they only lost one extra season, extra inning game all year and their fans came into the next year expecting, well hell, they're going to do that again. And of course, they didn't. So obviously it's great for walk-off wins, but we still have to temper expectations we're, it's we're talking small sample sizes, only 3 games, and there we've seen some good things, but we've also seen some bad things. Yeah, I mean that's true, but it's I think that what's nice is that it's happening, you know that
1: that you you get that thing, you know, that little thing in the in the brain out of the way that says can they can't they can they can't yeah. they to have them pull it off not once but twice, you say, okay, well, they they can. With the team coming in with this many question marks over it at the beginning of the season, it's real nice to have that little bit of, you know, assurance and say, no, they, they actually can. This is good. And, um, you know that reminded of what sparky anderson said when the team when his team did go 9 and oh, he said well that's just 9 games we can't lose yeah and so i said the same thing like it's nice that they walked off twice and then won the third one with a 3 and 0 that's just 3 games they can't lose that's really what it boils down to
0: yeah and i i say it's not a coincidence that the tigers finally had an easy victory when miguel Guerrero's bat woke up and we'll get into Cabrera in a little bit uh Let's talk about Ausmus, Kurt. Uh, obviously, you got to talk to him this spring, and you, you've you written some uh, – you wrote a very uh, lengthy, um, long-form piece on SB Nation and uh, Bless You Boys about him and uh, Mike Bethany. And so far, I think people were expecting him to be – even though – because he, he said just a handful of words at his first press conference. Everybody thinks he's going to be the sabermetric genius-type manager yet we're seeing a few things that he's doing different from Jim Leland, but we're seeing some other things that pretty much every manager does. And, if, for example, you look at the, uh, the lineup going into Saturday's game, uh, right-handed pitcher on the mound, it's a, yet he's, he keeps Rajay Davis in the lineup, and, uh, and even though Nick Castellanos is hot, well, he's got to get Don Kelly a start. Now, obviously, people are already up in arms. So what's your thoughts on um, Brad Osmus being a, as a manager so far?
2: Well, you know, I don't think he's really surprising anyone. You, mm-hmm. I mean, people people might have set themselves up, like you said, to be surprised. But he, he's a smart man, and the, the 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 book that managers have been using, they've been using for decades and decades, and and he's, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: he's going to use it too, and, and and that that's fine. You know, uh, my theory and Rajay, I think he sees Rajay as his starter, and he's going to put him out there most days, and that you know that's. That's fine, and and it gives them the the nice speed component. Uh, Don Kelly just had to get a game in. Oh yeah, exactly. It's it's six days into the season. Don Kelly just so he's going to do stuff like that. I think we're going to see you know strange things in April. You know, Mm -hmm. like we would have seen under Jim Leland, or like you would see under Mike Matheny, or anyone else. You know, we're going to see things in April that maybe we don't like it. What what is going to be interesting is what he looks like as a manager in July, August september you know or even what he looks like in 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 may and june how he's setting up the second half of the season mm-hmm. with the first half of the season mm-hmm. i mean so there's there's a lot of interesting things that we we can keep our eyes out for but this first you know 10 days of the season that's not really it
0: yeah uh, i know hook slide i i one of the big differences i saw noticed right away is that Osmus handles the post game a lot different is that it seems well a little more professional now because we got so used to seeing Jim Leland in his uh, in his office shoveling potato <laughs> salad into his mouth while he's uh, talking to the press and sometimes getting mm-hmm. very angry with the press or sometimes making him laugh while mm-hmm. Osmus is in front you know at a podium in front of a very professional background, and it looks very much like an NFL press conference or what we're right. seeing from majority MLB. so there are some differences here. Uh, it looks like, but from all accounts, everything seems to be going well off the field.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I think a lot of other managers did the same thing. I mean, I didn't follow too many other teams that closely, mm-hmm. but I saw you know throughout the season last year that a lot of managers would give their post game in a more you know quote unquote professional setting at a podium you know or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to see Osmus you know kicked back in the office in his underwear with his feet up on the table. I missed <laughs> Yeah, it was it was kind of a nice informal thing you know yeah. but. It's it's also nice, I guess, to have a, you know, I guess, a little more professional look now, and mm-hmm. I think actually that's probably pretty important at this point in the game for for Brad Ausmus to kind of set that tone, being yeah. the rookie manager that he is, just to kind of lay that groundwork and say, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a professional. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm not. Maybe, maybe when
1: he gets to be seventy, he can afford yeah. to, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially, he's saying I'm not Jim Leland. I'm doing things differently, but right. Uh, well, what's your thoughts so far on? On the X's and O's of Brad Osmond so far, do you kind of agree with Kurt, like his tic-tac-toe
1: style, or <laughs> well, that too, if you want? I've never played against him in tic-tac-toe, so I don't. Or did you mean
0: his hugs and kisses, or are you just
1: talking strategy? <laughs> strategy, <laughs> yes. Strategy, strategy,
0: strategy, i yes.
1: Uh, I've, it's been interesting to see it unfold, especially the way that he's, um, you know, used the bullpen. I think mm-hmm. especially uh, two things that stuck out. I think most people caught this, too, is that he used Joe Nathan in the ninth inning yeah, in a tie game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that Leland would have necessarily done that. He certainly seemed to shy away from that. what mm-hmm. uh, We called what, uh, you know, managing for the, um, you know, for what happens next instead of managing yeah. for right now. That was an interesting move that he made. And I also thought it was interesting that he used uh, Albuquerque with a couple of left-handed batters coming mm-hmm. up. I thought, well, you know, maybe Leland probably would have, uh, tried to play the, the matchup game there. And we mm-hmm. used to, you know, bitch about that all last year and say, come yeah. on, Albuquerque has good numbers against lefties. Let him, let him go for it. And it looks like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know the motivation behind it, I guess, but it was just, it was an interesting move. And like you said, it'll be uh, interesting to see how he continues to manage that bullpen through May, June, you know, into July.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and for the counterpoint, Ned Yost, being uh, a team on the road, left his closer, uh, Greg Holland. Uh, pretty uh, sitting in the first game and didn't bring him until things were almost out of control in the second game. And uh, essentially, as you said, leaving his best relief pitcher uh, on the bench as the game is being lost. And I think we'll, we'll know a lot more about Brad Osmus when we see him do things like that on the road. Now, if he decides to bring in Joe Nathan in a tie game, when it's not a uh, a safe situation, things like that. Uh, While we're on the bullpen, we might as well just kind of continue in that vein, Kurt, uh, so far as uh, as Hookslide has brought up, it's looking like L. Al- Albuquerque is becoming uh, the number one setup man in the bullpen. He's been uh, Austin's go-to guy, um, uh, you know, in the uh, in in a, in a high leverage situation. Obviously, it does make sense in that Albuquerque has probably made, he may have the best stuff in the bullpen because if his slider is on, it's unhittable. And so far, he's been pitched very well. But other than that. Uh, if from all of us talking that we thought oh yeah Joe Job Job Chamberlain is probably going to slide into Bruce Rondone's slot well it looks like Chamberlain's headed to Phil Cokland
2: well i mean there's two things going on there one is that if LL is healthy mm-hmm. LL is going to be a, a tremendous asset and yeah. I, and the health is the is the question mm-hmm. you know it's it's the worry that's going to be there for as long as the season goes on you just worry that, but if he's healthy he's he's excellent he's been there before he's kissed the baseball i mean you know <laughs> he he the the eighth inning it's not a big deal he's he's been in high pressure situations in october so mm-hmm. you know it's it, it it makes perfect sense and and he like you said you, you know he he's just an excellent pitcher so java he didn't Exactly, acquitted himself well in, in spring training, and no. it's, hard, it's it's hard to stick him in the eighth inning after after a spring training when you're a little bit worried, and and obviously Friday's game showed us that there's there's a little reason to remain worried. So yeah, uh, so yeah, he's you could tell right away. I mean, from game one, you could tell when when Java wasn't going in that you're going, okay, well, I guess uh, Brad sees him as kind of a, more of a mop up guy, you know, than a than, than a big inning pitcher. So and and. Clearly, uh, for now that that's fine. Let you know, let him let him either work through these kinks or mm-hmm. work himself completely off the team. Well, you know, we'll we'll see. But uh, right now, no, you don't want him in the eighth.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and hopefully it's been interesting to see how the bullpen has started to come together a little bit. It's been pretty darn good, save for Nathan imploding in game two. But it happens to the best of them. Uh, yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm not going to get too uptight about a blown save by Joe Nathan. I mean, he it happens. But yeah, <laughs> yeah unfortunately it, now he's two uh, appearances he's had one blown save, but overall the bullpen has pitched pretty darn well. Uh, Ian Kroll had a good outing. I think it's a, a big plus that the Tigers are going to be using Smiley out of the bullpen for the next couple weeks, considering he's not going to start because of days off, rainouts, and things like that. And Ian Kroll had a very made a good first impression as well. So. Still a lot of question marks, but at least we're starting to get a little idea as to what's going on, what's the thought process as to the bullpen use.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised to hear you say that you, you use the term, you know, the bullpen's coming together.
0: Well, after three games, it's, you know, right. it, it was a huge, I, I, I'll put it this way, it's coming together in that we had no idea how Brad Auspice was going to use his pen other than Joe Nathan as a closer.
1: Right, right, I, I can see it from that standpoint. I think it's still too early yet to see if the bullpen, in fact, is, you know, gelling, you know, going to be an okay bullpen this year just because there have been so few chances. And, you know, like you said, the only, uh, you know, high leverage situation, I guess, was, was Nathan coming in for the save and then yeah. he, he blew it. Uh, but, you know, let's take that in context. Um, you know, I've been kind of writing these notes around the MLB for the site the last couple mm-hmm. of days and sort of keeping an eye on what's going on elsewhere. Uh, Joe Nathan was just one of like five yeah. closers that got, you know, that got hit and blew mm-hmm. saves uh, just within like a two or three game stretch you know brian wilson got hit and jonathan Papplebone got hit and you know a bunch of guys got a he blew again yeah <laughs> so um i think koji wehar was the only one who actually came out unscathed in a safe situation in the last couple of days so no worries about joe nathan it's happening everywhere um you know but as far as the rest of the bullpen i think we need another week or two to kind of see you know mm-hmm. um what am i trying to say just the, the starters that we've had yeah um, you had scherzer you had verlander um Yesterday was kind of a, an oddball thing because you, you had the ability to bring Drew mm-hmm. Smiley in when Sanchez got, you know, uh, delayed and rained out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we've had the, the, the situation yet. We haven't seen it yet where a starter has only been able to go six innings, has mm-hmm. only been able to go six and two-thirds, and we need to rely on the bullpen for a couple more. So, you know, when that situation arises, let's see how they how they perform. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Kurt, uh, Hookslide makes, up a gr- makes a great point. I didn't say he didn't make up a point. He I think he did. <laughs> he that... usually makes everything up, <laughs> yeah, to be honest exactly.
2: with you.
0: Yeah, so, well, that's what we do. We make up everything up, bless you boys. We really, well, it's all seat of the pants at this point. But uh, he made a great point in, saying, uh, in noting that there was a lot of blown saves. Uh, that, uh, I believe there was actually
2: six in a day. Yeah,
0: that's and it really seems like most fan bases think every other team has a shutdown closer except our own.
2: Yeah, you know what? Uh, but by, by the end of the year, every other fan base is going to want our closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you know, it's it, it's not. Yeah, like you said, it's not a big deal. Yeah, well, Joe Nathan, you don't worry about Joe Nathan.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it was kind of segue into starting pitching as uh, Side was headed in that direction. So far, it's been pretty darn good. Maybe just short of dominant. Uh, but it's been more of the same. Verlander looked like Verlander, was dominant for long stretches. Then he had one inning where he battled with his control, walked a few guys, and got himself into trouble. Scherzer got off to a had a shaky first inning and then looked like a Cy Young winner. He was he was dominant to say the very least. Sanchez was pretty much the same. Struggled in his opening inning, then really settled down and pitched like the Sanchez the last year for the most part. Uh, Unfortunately, none of them have gotten a win due to you know early season not being able to pitch too deep into the game and obviously the bullpen issue on uh, in game two. But so far, so good at the starting pitching, and I think that has – If we knew going into the year there was one part of the team that didn't have a question mark. It was pretty much the starting pitching, at least at the top three. I guess the uh, what we're concerned is now, uh, Kurt, is how are Porcello and Smiley are going to do. We're going to find more about Porcello today.
2: Right, and Porcello, you know, a, a lot of people's breakout player, and I know we joke because he's everyone's mm. breakout player every year, but yeah. it, we we need to see the Porcello, we need to see him build on what he, he started last year, and we need yeah. to see the, the better infield help him out and, and you know, play, play better and, and turn more ground balls into outs for him. We need to see a little better defense for him. If he if he can build on what he did last year with, with an improved defense, and you know we're not turning it into a gold gloves everywhere, but mm-hmm. it was just got awful before with with oh my my statues at three of the four infield positions, you know. Mm-hmm. So if, if he builds on last year, I think we're going to see a Porcello who you know fits right in. I mean, we even last year when you look at the indicators, you know, mm-hmm. you look at the the fielding independent pitching or or the, or the Sierra or whatever. You you go. The Tigers have five aces. You know, you, mm-hmm. Porcello was uh, was with Fister, and you know it. Literally, you you would see like all five Tiger starters among like the top twenty in in some of these indicator stats. That Porcello was one of them, but he being a he just he be it bad luck, bad fielding, bad sequencing, maybe a little bit of Porcello himself. I I don't know. He but he, he, he didn't have the ERA, the, the other guys did. But mm. there's good reason to believe that this year he's going to be there.
0: Yeah, and, of course, we've got to throw in, and the Los Angeles Angels as well, who just, for whatever reason, seem to be able to score it well on Porcello. Are you expecting big things from Porcello, um, Hookslide? Are you playing more of the, uh, let's wait and see kind of thing?
1: Yeah, let's wait and see. Yeah. Let's wait and see. Because the joke is, you said he's always the breakout player. Yeah. And it's always like, well, maybe this is going to be the year, and this is it. And going into this year, we thought, um, you know, that he's got a real shot at becoming a really good pitcher, or not becoming, but I guess being revealed as a good mm-hmm. pitcher, because the defense behind him is going to kind of strip away these these false layers, you yep. know. It's this defense that's really creating the ERA problem or the whatever else. So, um, but now I, I'm a little hesitant to go that route now with uh, Iglesias off the team. hmm because I think Kinsler's, you know, will acquit himself well with the glove at second base, but I'm not sure about, you know, Romine and, and Gonzalez. Well,
2: you should be sure about Romine. Romine, yeah. the only reason he's on this team is that he's a good fielder. He can't, he can't hit his way out of a wet bag, but the boy can mm-hmm. field. You know, uh, if we had Patrick here, he would tell you because Patrick watched him with the Angels. You know, right. he's, he's not quite glaciest. But he's 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 a glove first good fielder, and I, I wish we'd mm. see a little bit more of him and a little less of Gonzalez, really. Yeah, of I course.
0: Uh, guess who's in the lineup today with Porcello on the mound? Gonzalez. The Gonzalez. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm sure mine is fine. I'm just speaking
1: from a personal mm-hmm. standpoint of, like, I haven't really looked at his numbers. I haven't seen him play, except for, I think, the little bit that he did yesterday. And I saw a couple things that I thought, okay, you know. Maybe not as strong of an arm as Iglesias. Maybe not the. Did the you gymnastic. see
2: that? <laughs> did you see, did you see I that first? My goodness, there was, man.
1: Yes, there was one. There was one play. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying, give it, give it for me. You know, give me a couple weeks to kind of watch him and say, you know, is it going to be okay? But um, yeah. So to that point, if if Roman can handle it, and I think he can, and and Kinsler can handle it, um, you know, then Porcello should have the benefit of a little better defense behind him, and you might see. Things get a little better, you know, from his from his side of things.
0: But I guess we'll see. As always, hook slide, voice of reason. Oh, please! Oh, please. <laughs> the apocalypse begins. Pessimism,
2: yes. Reason, I don't know. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, the the glass is always half empty when it comes. Well, from both you guys actually, but regardless of all that, uh,
2: what was uh, in the glass?
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you're,
2: you're, you're <laughs> looking over the important things here. Don't don't we we need the details. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it. since it's
0: so early in the day, I'm on. I'm still fueled by coffee right now, so that's my my glass is actually almost empty. Yeah. Yes, yeah, mine, mine too. But mine had some whiskey in it, so it's it's more than half empty. Yeah, but you don't have to write in a couple hours, so well, I might do that anyway. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> the more the more whiskey I get, the more inclined I am to write. Uh, a little more about uh, our thoughts on the Tigers over the first three games of the year. Uh, well. well We've talked a little bit about defense. Let's, talk, let's continue in that vein. So far, uh, for the most part, it's been pretty average. <laughs> Maybe a little better than last year, but uh, Austin Jackson's had a, a few shaky plays out there. Tory Hunter is Tory Hunter, which means he's not the Tory Hunter of 10 years ago. He's a 39-year-old outfielder who occasionally drops balls and likes to pretty much deke everybody and everything hit to him. Uh, Gonzalez has not been impressive defensively. But Nick Castellanos has played pretty darn well. Kinsler, Cabrera are doing their things at their positions. Uh, So far, better defense, Kurt. But I don't see. Well, it's not being helped by injuries and things like that. But
2: probably not being helped by playing in forty-degree weather either. That,
0: yeah, that good point. So, uh, thoughts on uh, what you've seen defensively so far?
2: Well, we're going to see improvement. You know. Castellanos is still adjusting to moving back to third, and you, you go, well, he had spring training, and he, he, he's better than he was when I, you know, first saw him in spring training. Uh, he's gonna, he's never gonna be a good a gold glover, you know. He's 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 not Beltre over there, but uh, he's a he's a good sight better than Miguel Cabrera. I'll Tell you what, <laughs> Miguel Cabrera is a good sight better than Prince Fielder. You Indeed. know, just, don't underestimate what going from extremely far below average just to average or even slightly mm-hmm. below don't underestimate how big that gap was because that was a huge gap at the corners so uh you know uh, and obviously yeah it, nothing has played out like we've like we've written it up you know this mm-hmm. team with no power and, and speed somehow you know has roger davis hitting a three-run home run you know so mm-hmm. earl weaver's happy but it's confusing and meanwhile like you said you know we, we've seen some fielding gaps that we didn't expect to see we've seen tory Torrey dropped a ball that hit him in a bad place, the glove. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I don't think we can extrapolate that everything hit to Torrey is going to bounce out of his glove. or You know, I, I, think, I think we've seen some, some strange things that we're, we shouldn't count on seeing uh, in, in the future. Like, you know, like I said, this is not going to be a team that ranks at the top of the defensive mm-hmm. statistics, but going from the, the dead bottom to the middle is going to be a pretty good step.
0: Yeah, I I guess it's all relative, right, Hook Slide? You know, they may not be a great defensive team, but compared to where they were for the past few years, it's been – it's a pretty darn good upgrade. Right. I remember saying that in a
1: previous podcast, that it's Mm -hmm. it's really going to be relative to what they were, that we're going to, I think, watch them this year and think, Mm -hmm. holy cow, gold glove all-star defense. You know, compared to what yeah. we have, yeah. yeah,
0: well, yeah, especially according to John Heyman, uh, the best <laughs> defensive infielder the Tigers have is Miguel Cabrera. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep,
1: a regular, uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah.
0: he's a regular um, Norman Einstein. So <laughs> that's right.
1: No, I think I think Kurt has it right though. It's it's the you got you got to factor in this is early. You know, they're still you know kind of shaking off the rust. It's freezing cold out there. Um, you know, Bill Cosby had a sketch years and years ago called "Survival." You know, we talked about that. You know that um, it, it's in the human instinct, especially in the baseball field in thirty degree weather. You know, if somebody hits you a line drive that you know you're going to run. <laughs> you should run away from it. Stand there and try and catch it. Socks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, get out of the no. Um, so yeah, you're not going to see Tory Hunter drop you know routine fly balls all the time. And you know, did anybody see the uh, the Twins Sox game from the from that night? Too? Is it just uh, I saw the and, highlight.
2: And, or the low light, as you
1: will. The low light, mm-hmm. right? No, I, I included a uh, – Rob get, got me an animated GIF for the, for the post that I wrote that included that that uh, horrible defensive gaffe. But that was only one of, like, four mm-hmm. in that game. And both teams were doing it. Abisal Garcia, in fact, in right field, dropped a routine fly ball and ended up letting three runs score. So, again, this is happening, mm-hmm. not just on the Tigers' field. It's, it's, it's happening around, you know, because it's cold and it's rainy and just, you know – let, let, let's see what they look like when, when we're pl- finally playing
0: in 65-degree weather. Yeah. And, oh, and before uh,
2: – any- uh, Next week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> let's hope so. Yay. Yeah, West Coast. Yay. We'll be up till 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, Kurt's up till 3 o'clock in the morning every night anyway, but yeah. unlike the rest of us. But, oh, and before any listener says, Al, it's Albert Einstein. No, the Norman Einstein thing is a, is a joke because that's what Joe Theismann called Albert Einstein once. So look it up. It's on Google. <laughs> right. Offense, guys. Uh, until beating up the Orioles for 17 hits and 10 runs, the Tigers were doing just enough to win a pair of one-run games, uh, scoring six runs on 14 hits combined uh, in games one and two. Uh, obviously, it's no coincidence. Cabrera's bat woke up in game three with uh, four hits. His 20, uh, twenty thousandth. It feels like it's 20,000. So it His 2,000th hit was a home run. Uh, the Tigers also had two other home runs from um, Davis and Hunter. So it was like 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 old times on uh, on Friday, but. Uh, any, uh, what's your thoughts on the offense so far, Kurt? In, in a lot of ways, that has, until at least Friday, the first two games, did live up to what we were saying about this is going to be a little different team, it's going to be more aggressive on the base paths, we're going to see more guys going first to third, taking the extra base, and we'll get to two plans in a second, but thoughts on what you've seen so far offensively?
2: Well, I mean, they did, they did face James Shields in the, you know, in, in the opener, so... Uh, and- and, you know, uh, Vargas isn't a bad pitcher either, you know. So it, it's not like they're, they're going against the a team here. But you so. wouldn't
0: believe that if you watch Twitter. Every, every pitcher sucks, and the Tigers suck more because they're not getting hits.
2: Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> and the weather sucks, and again, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, there. I, I think what we're going to see is a team that scores maybe a little more consistently mm-hmm. and a little less you yeah. know or or maybe up maybe a lot less i don't know it's too early to say I, you know i i wrote i wrote for the D, the detroit news preview you know the mm-hmm. uh the, the projections are about 80 to 100 runs uh, fewer than they they scored last year over the course of the season so you know mm-hmm. that's you know that's a half of run that's a half of run a game they they're, they're going to be down you know so that's that, that that that's that's real real numbers there but uh, because they can manufacture a little bit, uh I think they're gonna score. You know, they're not I don't know, they might get shut out just as often. It's hard it's yeah. baseball. <laughs> but in, in theory this team should score, you know, they shouldn't have as many one run games as as last year because they can they can find ways other than the home run to get you know, to get around the bases.
0: Yeah. Uh and that's uh, and there have been some encouraging signs at the offense, uh, hook side. Um Nick Castellanos looks like um a big league hitter. Austin Jackson has really played well out of um, hitting fifth. He's really flashing a lot of uh, gap-to-gap power. And uh, obviously Miguel Cabrera is Miguel Cabrera. But And uh, Ian Kinsler, we, we can't forget about him, who is right now we're hitting the cover off the ball. But, uh, again, this is all early, but there are some good signs here um, as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I am was probably one of the most pessimistic you know, mm-hmm. coming out of the off season, saying, oh, where's where's the offense going to come from? Mm-hmm. Um, but just what we've, the little bit that we've seen in, in, in three mm-hmm. games, uh, we've, we've seen, I think, a much more balanced yeah. team in that you can have guys like Jackson, Kinsler, Cast, uh, Castellanos, who can get the, get the bat on the ball and get on base, mm-hmm. if not for a little bit of extra base power at, at times. And they're fast enough that they can score from second on a, you know, sharp, line drive hit to left field like Kinsler did yesterday with Cabrera. I was amazed that he, that he scored.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: so you're, you're seeing that, you know, the, the ability to steal the bases and take the extra bases and, uh, you know, heck Avila laid down a nice bunt the other day. So there's, there's that. Um, but then, and then the, 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 the big bang power is not gone. Mm I, as we saw, Hunter just ripped one yesterday Cabrera ripped one. So, you know, I'm I'm encouraged to say, you know, to see this and say well, they look like a much more well-rounded team that can hit you and hurt you in a lot of different ways now. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me a lot more of say, you know, last year, last year's Red Sox. Yeah. You know, when you look up and down the lineup and say, "Okay, they're not all power hitters that are going to hit the ball in the upper deck, but they do have some extra base capability, they've got some speed, you know, that kind of thing." So, very very encouraging so far.
0: Yeah. And obviously I uh, I mentioned uh, Kinsler Kurt and uh, for comparison's sake, uh, Prince Fielder in four games is only hitting 250, uh, doesn't have a home run, only one RBI, while well, Ian Kinsler is hitting 357 while slugging 571. So the Tigers have won the trade, correct? Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the very least, though, uh, Kinsler doesn't look washed up, and I think that was everybody's fear.
2: Well, if they feared that, they were wrong. Yeah. Why would he? Why would I mean? Why why would? Well, if you believed
0: uh, Rangers fans, he was because all that I ever see from uh, Rangers fans online is, oh, he popped up again.
2: Well, Rangers fans are from Texas. (laughs) Enough said. I probably just insulted some of our listeners. Sorry. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think we actually have
1: some people on the board from Texas. So, uh,
2: in fact, I know we do. (laughs) Sorry about that. They moved there, right? They they weren't born there. Okay.
0: (laughs) Didn't walk there. What? (laughs) Oh, geez. All right. Let's, uh, let's get off of uh, of ragging on Texas, and let's move on to a much more pleasant, well, maybe an unpleasant subject, I should say, because I wasn't going to go to Cabrera, but we got to talk about two plans first. And for those who don't know what a two plan is, that is thrown out on the base paths like a nincompoop, and in three games, four Tigers have been thrown out on the base paths like a nincompoop. Twice, uh, two of them have been the Castellanos. uh Do you think the? Yes, it's a good thing, uh, Hookslide, that the Tigers are are being more aggressive on the base hits, but it really seems at times they've crossed over from being aggressive to just being playing careless, and they've made some dumb mistakes on uh, running the bases so far, and that's that's worrisome.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's early though. It's Mm -hmm. you know. uh, Yeah, yeah. everything's
0: (laughs) got to be tempered with. It's early. You right, I think down. they're
1: still figuring out where that line is and saying, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely want to be more aggressive than last year, but where is that 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 line? Let's face it, they weren't aggressive, so they they don't have that experience, you know, from mm-hmm. from last year, the year before, to say, yeah, we know when to test it and when not to. Yeah, uh, I'm just running through in my head. It was Castellanos twice because he got thrown out at third yesterday. He got thrown out trying to stretch a single to a double. Mm-hmm. There was Jackson who right. tried to stretch a single into a double. What's the, what's the
0: fourth one? Uh, one that was where... Gonzalez getting thrown out of the plate. That's
1: right. Okay. Yeah. So I guess in some of those, most of those, it's, you know, Castellanos represents 50% of the problem, but he's a rookie. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'll he'll figure that out. And, and Austin Jackson, yeah, you know, I think that was the right move to try and take that base.
2: And that's was... what Brad said, too.
1: Yeah. Did he? Okay, I missed that. The, yeah,
2: yeah, he he said he you know he he wanted to force the issue and and it was just the perfect thrill to get him.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess it, for me the difference is that last year uh, Leland would say that from time to time, well we had to force the issue, make them make a play, and I would think no that's stupid because they're not little league for crying out loud, you mm-hmm. know. But I guess what I saw more last year was that they would try and press the issue with people that shouldn't be pressing the issue.
0: Yeah, Victor is like, yeah.
1: right, Cabrera, <laughs> Fielder, you know, like you yeah, send Fielder home from first base. No, don't. Mm-hmm. That's you know I know how that's going to end, but with with uh, someone like Austin Jackson trying to stretch a single to a double, well, he's got a little more speed, you know. So, yeah, that, it might be worth uh, pushing it. And I think they're going to figure out who they can and can't, you know, get away with that trick. With. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of widths in one sentence. So I'm going <laughs> to back
0: off now. Yeah, I don't know about you, Kurt, but I'm, I'm, I'm rooting to see a toot bland column in the uh, – like in baseball reference at this point because – uh, I think we're or we've actually got a stat everybody agrees on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, but Maybe what's, what's your thoughts on this aggressive uh, aggressive base running is back in town thing?
2: Well, like like Hookslide said, you know, fifty percent of it was uh, Nick Castellanos, and uh, you know that wasn't so much aggressive base running; is just mistakes. You yeah. know, the, especially when you he rounded third and got caught. You know that he didn't even pick up his you know his mm-hmm. third base coach Dave Clark who was telling him to stop so yeah. you know that's that that's not the tigers being aggressive it's it's the enthusiastic kid you know who has got to rein himself in a little bit and mm-hmm. and you know i had this thought last night is if he was playing for like los angeles or new york or something people would already be making pig comparisons yeah Wouldn't they? there we go you know oh he he look at him he can hit but he he's just you know, he doesn't know what he, you know because that's how they are. So anyway, I had that thought. But yeah, you know, Austin Jackson. You know, you could go either way on it. Maybe you shouldn't have tried to stretch mm-hmm. it, but whatever. It's it's going to work sometimes, and sometimes it's not. Uh, yeah, we we could have seen the Gonzalez thing happen to, last year. We could have seen it happen to a bunch of teams. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, overall, it's it's good. They need to be more aggressive. You know, I. I I talked to Ian Kindler about this, and mm-hmm. uh, and the quote he gave me was something like, "I don't know why this is a topic. You're supposed to play baseball like this." And he's <laughs> like, well, well, Ian, if you've watched the Tigers last year,
0: <laughs> but
2: you know, so <laughs> baseball players don't understand why this is a topic at all. But it, for those of us who have watched the Tigers the past few years, this is a really big friggin' deal. Yeah. But it, it, in reality, it's not a big friggin' deal. It's just mm-hmm. how you're supposed to play.
0: Yeah. And speaking yeah. of really big freaking deals, but hey, hey yeah, I'm guys, sorry. Go ahead, guys. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what Dave Clark said about that that play
1: yesterday when when Kinsler, or, I mean the Castellanos ran right through his son? You know what he said? I mean, Clark, no, I don't. You know, what did he say? Are you going to tell him? That, he said
0: he felt so
2: sad all over. It's just
0: so, sorry. All right, and for what? the, <laughs> the
2: what was that?
0: Don't you know who the Dave Clark Five are, Kurt? No. Oh, Kurt! You know, part of the British invasion mid '60s. You know, they were they had a bunch of hits. You know, at the same time as the Beatles.
2: I was not even a glimmer in my parents' eye in the mid '60s. Well, neither
0: was Hookslide.
1: Slide. <laughs> well, then this just is a problem
2: for knowing me. I'm
1: not oh, supposed geez. to know the.
2: I'm supposed to tell you how great like. Green Day or Nirvana is. I'm not supposed to know crap about the '60s, man. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, Sorry, I'm just trying to derail the. the
2: yeah, the
0: well, you're 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 damn good at that. But that does remind me. I do have some Dave Clark Five on the on my hard drive. People have to replace Danny McLean playing the organ with Dave Clark Five at the end of this podcast. So,
2: yeah.
0: all right. Um, Are you
2: trying to destroy our listenership?
0: Oh, Kurt. <laughs> what a. <laughs> Yes, I am. That's I am exactly what I'm trying to do. <laughs> All right, speaking it. of big freaking deals, Miguel Cabrera uh, keeps sending his way into the record books. On Friday, he became only the ninth player to reach the 2,000-hit milestone before the age of 31. Of the other eight, seven in the Hall of Fame, the other is Alex Rodriguez. Uh, uh, just as uh, Brad Ausmus said in his uh, postgame press conference, Kurt, uh, He's running out. He's already running out of adjectives to describe Miguel Cabrera.
2: Does he have any superlatives?
0: Yeah, no. I mean, he's probably out of those too. But he's a he's a dark man. He should have some.
2: He, yes, really. He should he should have more superlatives than than any of us. Uh, yes. But he's Miguel Cabrera. I mean, there's nothing like him. So that's, <laughs> that's really you know that's really all you can you can say that because we've been saying it on the podcast for years. Is, we're we're blessed to be of this generation watching baseball in Detroit because you see Miguel Cabrera and he's he's you know none of us ever saw Ty Cobb we might see might see a quick highlight reel or something so mm-hmm. who knows what he was really like but beyond him you know we're watching the best Tigers batter in history
0: yeah indeed yeah. and and hope slide it was just <laughs> nice to see him break out and kind of remind people that yeah he is worth a big ass contract yeah. Miguel Cabrera is not Ty
1: Cobb, and, and mm. one of the big reasons is that Miguel Cabrera smiles. Yeah, and and that is part of the part of the package deal. To see he's he's an awesome baseball player, yes, but he's also, uh, you know, a, a good friendly guy too, and a good all around player. Yeah. And you know that that package is worth what they're paying him. Um, to you know he's going to be great PR for the Tigers for the next ten years, and he keeps you know performing amazing feats on the field. I just to speak from a little bit of a personal mm-hmm. vantage point. Torrey Hunter hit a home run yesterday too, and yeah. that was cool. Mm-hmm. But when I see Miguel Cabrera do it, and especially when they run the the replay, you know, from that side angle, and you get to see him take the swing in slow motion, his swing, like it, I get excited, like mm-hmm. I just I get this little adrenaline rush when I see him take that swing because he's just it's such a beautiful, perfect swing. I mean. Anyway, I'm I'm going off, but uh, I I thought it was it was so so very Cabrera of him to hit a home run. Yeah, for number two thousand, I thought was it uh, Jeter did that for number three thousand, right? His three thousand hit, he hit a home run. And
0: well, Jeter's was a a World Series winning grand slam in the bottom of the ninth with two outs that accounted for every run of of the Yankees in the entire series, and because he's Jesus. Okay, you, you
1: lost me. <laughs> Where is he going with this? Oh, okay. He did a
2: little hop before he threw it to first afterwards.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what this, well, what this really means then is that when it comes time for Cabrera to retire, we're going to have to have a, a year-long, you know, farewell tour for him.
0: Yeah, I just hope Cabrera doesn't get uh, – the Rangers don't give him some – God awful ugly cowboy boots with a with a, t- with a tiger on the damn thing or something. <laughs> did you see what the hell they gave? Uh, yeah, I mean what they oh, the gave. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, God. those are the ugliest cowboy boots I've ever seen. What, what else were they gonna give him? They're the Houston
1: Astros.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oil. <laughs> they could have gave <laughs> the Astros.
0: Oil. dome or something. You know, like that. Oil That's
2: futures. I don't know. Maybe some. Maybe maybe a refinery or something. Yes.
0: A big side of beef. <laughs> so that would he you probably would have liked that. Hell. Uh and by the way, in case you're wondering, the other uh players who uh Cabrera is uh hanging with now with the, with that two thousand seat are Ty Cobb, Rogers Hornsby, Mel Ott, Hank Aaron, Joe Ducky Medwick, Jimmy Fox, Robin Yount, and Alex Rodriguez. So that's pretty damn good company if you ask me. So it's- Great company, guys. Let's do a quick hot take. I'm
1: curious to know. Okay. Miguel Cabrera first 10 years, 2,000 hits. He's got maybe 10 years left, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Does he get to 4,000? I'm not saying no. I don't think he does either. Wow, I'm surprised. Okay.
2: Well, you know, I, you know, he was younger when he got to the first 2,000.
0: True. Yeah. True. But- yeah, I guess the uh, what's in his favor is that he can move to designated hitter, and I think that would, if anything, can push him over the top. That's what that will, that's what would do it. So basically, you're both on record now as saying that he is going to decline and that the contract is probably not worth it. That's what I heard. I think we're uh, pretty much on record of that as it is.
2: I would, if I was here last week, I would have said that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think of, but essentially what we're saying is uh, Nolan is going uh, at 40 years old is worth 30 million dollars a year, and if Cabrera is, and if, if Cabrera at 40 is finishing in the top 10 in the AL MVP, uh, well, yeah, yeah he's going to get 4,000 hits, but the odds of that happening are pretty much the same odds the Tigers thought when they put that option in there. But, hey, you guys are
1: you're hating on Miggy now? So yes, we are. I, we're I'm going to say yes we for are. the record for everybody listening.
0: I'm not with these two. Okay, I don't even know why I'm here. All right. Well,
2: we never know why you're here either. I know. No. It's just
0: well, little he's little here bit. because he's usually off during the day. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> or you can you can squeeze an hour out during the day. All right. Uh, a couple of uh, more big picture topics. You know, one that kind of uh, involves the Tigers. That's got a little bit about instant replay. Uh, it's worked in the Tigers' favor in Game Two. Osmus winning winning two appeals, uh, but what really seemed to be an easy overturn. Uh, uh, a challenge that looked like it was a no-brain overturn, he's going to win it for Osmus in Game 3, wasn't and was denied for really uh, – it was a kind of a process of the catch thing. Like the you know, NFL fans will know what that means. Uh, so far, uh, Major League Baseball instant replay really seems to have the same issues with the NFL's version in that sometimes uh, referees, umpires, we know depending on the sport, seem to make oddball calls Despite video reference to the contrary, so uh, what's your hot take on instant replay, Kurt?
2: Yeah, uh, replay was supposed to fix these problems. Mm-hmm. So what's the point in it when it doesn't? You know, especially when it takes five minutes. Or or and and let's let what what about using replay because the umpires forgot the friggin' ball strike count. I mean, mm-hmm. how does that even happen? Everyone in the stadium is watching the game. Someone is putting it on the scoreboard and the freaking umpire doesn't know the ball strike count and has to go to replay and it takes five minutes, that is just, that's why people didn't want replay in the first place. I want replay because I want them to get the calls right. right. I think it's important to get the calls right. But if you're taking five minutes and you're getting the calls wrong, I'm a little iffy on, on, on what the point is. You know, if you're, if you're getting mm-hmm. the calls right, great. But well, what the hell are they doing this week?
0: I don't know, Hooks 5. What
1: the hell are they doing? They're they're phoning it in now because they know they got replay to back them up. Yeah. No, I don't really think that. Yes, you I, what's what's you Okay, <laughs> I do, but I'm on the record of saying I don't, so yeah. it's it's all good. I I have been kind of um, amazed just because I've been watching baseball 24-7, you know, got the MLB TV subscription set up, and I'm just watching every game I can get my hands on. And there, I, mean, I swear, there's there's at least one challenge per game, if not two or three per game, and we're seeing already, you know, a good number of them getting overturned. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just the osmos challenges, but others are, you know, Having successful appeals, and it to me it's just like sparking this whole big question of like my god how how often are the umpires really getting stuff wrong? How long have they been getting mm-hmm. you know every little thing wrong? <laughs> these simple you know plays at first base was he out? was he safe this kind of thing and I'm like, I don't know what's it just seems like it's it's put a magnifying lens over the over the subject now to say, you know how good were these umpires to start with yeah
0: uh-huh. and
1: and, that's and, and, a good and that's question. What, that's what well, saying, they, were, you know, they were
2: better than the other ones that's the unfortunate part <laughs> uh,
1: you think so.
0: I don't know they're forgetting ball and strike counts and well, oh maybe know. not that one yeah it's like, <laughs> it's like cowboy Joe West is running things in New York for Christ's sake mm-hmm. that know. worried me when I saw that yeah <laughs> but, he is yeah, but like anything uh new and uh just being implemented, there's going to be kinks, and hopefully these will all smooth out. Unfortunately, it's taken the NFL about 20 years, and they still haven't got all the kinks out. So, uh, it's no, I, don't, a I don't
1: mind it. People are complaining about the time delay. I don't have any issue with that, but yeah. I have more of an issue with what you, we just you know, opened this topic with and saying you know, once, once it's an obvious play, and even on the replay you can say, yep, that's clear, and then they don't overturn the call, mm-hmm. that just hurts. And then, and then what do you do? Because you can't challenge the challenge, right? You know, so <laughs> that's, that's, your last, uh, that's your last court of appeals.
0: Yeah, I, to, to, let's just hope that MLB, obviously, I doubt that we're going to see much change this year, but as things go on, they will refine the process. Uh, but then again, we're talking Major League Baseball, and it's taken them uh, a couple of centuries to get to this point. So we'll have to wait and see. All right, the the big hot sports take this week, guys, on the national scene uh, was paternity leave. Uh, Met second baseman and first-time father, Daniel Murphy, uh, took paternity leave which is in the CBA and for that matter it's the law and uh, he missed a couple of games but, which sent some New York uh, Mets fans and obviously media members specifically those of the sports talk radio ilk over the edge uh, obviously you're going to have uh, a part of a fan any fan base is going to say stupid things about this sort of thing and Mets fans were no different uh, but Mike Francesa, who's fairly well-known, who uh, his sports talk show out of New York is uh, simulcast on, I'm, I believe he's on Fox Sports 1 now, uh, he said that no man should be allowed to take a 10-day leave, calling it a gimmick and a scam. <laughs> uh, the next day he still stood by his comments, but he did hedge a little by saying he uh, Murphy has a unique job. Uh, and Fran- well, then Francesa threw himself into that thing. And like, yeah, I would, like I, he would be missed. Regardless of all that, Boomer Esiason, a man who really should know better, uh, a former quarterback for the uh, Bengals and now uh, on the Sports Talk Radio in New York City, and his, he is, his show is uh, simulcast on CBS Sports Network. He said Murphy should have arranged for his wife to have a C-section before opening day. Uh, obviously, Esiason came to his senses the next day after being really raked over to Coles and apologized to Murphy and the Mets, saying he was truly sorry for his insensitive comments. Uh, God. I don't know, guys. This, I think this is just a sports talk dumbing down of our nation at large because I don't even know why this is an issue, yet for some reason uh, a, a portion of a fan base and obviously media members Want to make it an issue when uh, you know it's in the contract? It's the freaking law. And the guy's a first-time father, and, and, and don't even get me going on this because uh, I'll go off on a rant. So, any thoughts on this ridiculous controversy, Kurt?
2: Well, you know, you, you've got you got the right two people to ask. You know, you, you got one who's who, who's who's not a father, and then you got one who's a, a several-time father. So, yeah. me, I would say this. Mm-hmm. a job is just a job even if it's a unique job even there's a your your family your you know your your wife your your your, your child that should be important anything else you know, fuck it it's just a job even mm-hmm. if you're a baseball player and if you're legally entitled which you should be then you should be with your family you shouldn't you shouldn't be at your job it, it it's completely I would I would I would tell people I, if I was him I would not have been uh, I would have been some PR person's nightmare because I would have told for instance to, you know go fuck himself yeah uh, you know right to every reporter I saw because that that's exactly how I would feel it's you know it's my family fuck you that that's that's how I would have felt so and oh ten days well I mean Daniel Murphy's already been back in the lineup for a few games so it's yeah. not like he took ten days in the first place he was there for the start. When he needed to be a forced family, and that that's important. So the, these idiots on uh, talk radio, you know, you, you don't get a talk radio job by being smart. I swear to God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you're a um, a father, Hookslide. Uh, what was your yes. take on this mess? No, uh,
1: I, I agree completely with, with Kurt, and, and which, which I, I would go. sum up Kurt's point um, in the word "fuck you," mm-hmm. is, is what I heard Kurt say. So um, yeah, uh, I would I would ditch any job to, you know, to, to be there for the birth of, of a child, my child, or, you know, even, um, you know, for a big event in their life, you know, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll take time off of work, you know, to, to see them, you know, kindergarten graduations or, you know, school plays or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely on the side of it's a job, it's a job, it's a job. It's going to be gone someday. Mm-hmm. And, and the kids won't. And you don't want to look back and say, well, I missed that. Um, but, yeah, sports talk personalities you know they're they're not hired for their brains i don't think they're they're hired for their ability to generate you know page views so to speak or whatever the radio equivalent of page views is so you know go back and read what 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 boomer said Mm -hmm. um there's a slight difference he didn't say murphy you should have had you know you might have a c-section he said if it had been me yeah we would have gone in for a C-section. Well, okay, that's you. Talk, you know, speaking about yourself, and probably your wife would never have let you. <laughs> <do
0: that. laughs> exactly. Now he's treating his, uh, the the uh, significant like property. Yeah,
1: that's just part of the. I don't know. It seems like that's part of the the the, the culture, I guess, of the talking heads. You know, mm-hmm. just to say stuff like, you know, you're not thinking. You're not really putting yourself in that person's shoes." Because I seriously doubt you would have rushed your wife in for a C-section over a frickin' baseball season. Yeah. You know, give me a break.
0: Yeah, this this is just one of those things, guys, where uh, where I realize that there's a portion of our of every fan base of our population in general who take sports way too damn seriously. You know, it's like you guys, it's a game, it's it's entertainment, it's just a job. No one's life is going to be affected unless you're a degenerate gambler because a baseball player. Uh, have, takes the, a few days off to be with his newborn child. And didn't Alex Avila do that last year? Yes, I believe he did, didn't he? There was a tiger that took paternity leave. I think it may, it may have been Avila. Might
2: have been.
0: Yeah, and... I know he had, had it a kid last year. I can't remember. It. But then again, people don't like Alex Avila because he they think he can't get on base anyway. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about you, Kurt, but... I just find people getting so bent out of shape about these kind of things that they they make asses of themselves over the air and especially on social media because there's a lot of tweets out there that are absolutely awful. Uh, do you just want to say, do you does, do, does your entire life really depend on the New York Mets winning a game? Because if if so, you no, know, you got issues.
2: God help you if you do, because you yeah. <laughs> You're screwed. Yeah, exactly.
0: But, <laughs> but even if even if they
1: were a winning team, yeah. you know. But you, it's,
2: the, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, go
2: ahead. Uh, sir. Uh, well, I was say, the reason you know the reason what makes us bless you boys and, and what makes people like bless you boys is that we keep it in perfect perspective. We, we you know, we just have fun with it. And and some people to go, oh, you're too positive or what? You're just trying to have fun. And sometimes you got to say things that are are negative And sometimes that's fine. And sometimes you know it, it, be positive and, but if you're not if you're not having if sports is your entire life you got you got an issue it's, it 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 should be something you appreciate and enjoy like like you would any other form of entertainment you know and, and people who take it too serious yeah they they worry me
1: yeah, yeah. And speaking of, guys, mm-hmm. I had to lock my kids in the basement to do this podcast, so I <laughs> probably wrap it up pretty quick.
0: Yeah, actually, we're pretty much at that point now anyway, because that was the final topic we had for today. So right. uh, I think we've pretty much even got all our thoughts out there, so we'll skip final thoughts this week, because we don't want Hookslide to get any more trouble than you may already be. So uh, let's wrap up the show, Hookslide. Where can uh, the listeners find you online?
1: Oh, you can find me on the Bless You Boys site and on Twitter at BYB.
0: And Kurt, how about yourself?
2: I continue to be the main tweeter for Bless You Boys.
0: Yes, but uh, uh, that may change a little bit uh, when night games start. So. Uh,
2: oh yeah, we're, we're going to see a lot more of Melissa. And, yeah. You know, I don't think people are going to know this much difference anyway. So.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> until I'm, they I'm, turn I'm, me
0: loose on the account. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, they'll like Melissa more than they like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's a given, but. Uh, Anyway, you can find me online, obviously uh, at Bless You Boys, pretty much every day, and also uh, on Twitter at Big L B Y B. And of course, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You'll you'll find links to all our stuff. uh, Those two parts of social media, Uh, and maybe one of these days we'll get something going on Google Plus. But I know I haven't checked my Google Plus account in probably a year. So what
2: the hell is Google Plus? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) Like.
0: All right, let's wrap up the show. So until this time next week, this is Al Beaton saying good afternoon, good luck, along with Hookslide. Java, you failed us. And Kurt Manshade. Baseball. And we'll be talking more baseball on the next Bless Your Boys podcast. good advice. Thanks, big fella.
1: Critics and audiences are cheering for Bumblebee. It's an incredible 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Line it up. The perfect blend of action, heart, and humor. Not just a great
2: Transformers movie, a great movie period. Bumblebee. Now playing Rated pg 13.